Welcome to the Modern Legacies Podcast. I'm Bob DePasquale, founder of Initiate Impact, where we provide modern financial management for purpose-driven families. And on the Modern Legacies Podcast, we love celebrating today's purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Stick around to the end of the show, and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Welcome, Wendy Pease, to Modern Legacies. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. We were just talking about uh, weather and being from different parts of the country. It's, it's a beautiful day down here in South Florida. It always fires me up that I can just open up the window and take the sunlight for my for my light for the day. So that's it's it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, we can we can most of the time take sunlight, but going outside, we got to dress up so our skin's not exposed up in Boston this time of year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's temperatures a little bit different, but hopefully the spring is starting to come through and things will be warm yeah, up for you guys. Yeah, until April, I figure we're still in winter. <laughs> yeah, well, I so I went to college up in, in Long Island in New York, and my birthday is uh-huh. April 14th coming up here next month. And I always knew if I can just get past my birthday, I feel like uh, middle of April, you know, if I could just get to that point, it starts warming up. But anyway, I, well, I say tax day, tax day, which is the 15th. So oh, yeah, you we don't even have need, to think about your birthday. <laughs> yeah, we don't even need to go into that. So, so at Initiate Impact, one of the services that we provide for people, our partner families that we work with is doing their taxes and tax projections and planning, but also filing. And so, yes, the, now now my life is much different. Instead of trying to get past the middle of April for weather reasons, now it's just to get over that <laughs> that tax hump every year. But and you almost need to have your birthday on April sixteenth, the day after. Then yes. you can really celebrate. <laughs> exactly, or maybe sometime in October when everyone's extensions run out. But that's a whole other story. Uh, maybe I should start celebrating my half birthday at the. There you um, go. Right in the beginning of fall, middle of fall. There, anyway. So. Wendy, you describe yourself as a cultural wordsmith. That is an awesome title. Where did you come up with that? Um, actually, somebody suggested it. I was I had um, translation expert up there before, but there's so much more to translation rather than just doing a word for word. You want a word for word, you go to Google Translate and you can see all the mistakes that come out of that. But really communicating across languages is is wordsmithing, making sure that the culture is captured and the message is captured. So when when I heard that suggestion, I thought, oh, that's awesome. I think I will use that. I like it. I like it. We've had we've interviewed some cultural creativity experts before on our other show called Speaking of Impact, and it's been really exciting to understand how different cultures and people and perspectives think. So with language, that's a whole nother story. I'm actually a speech communication rhetorical studies major in undergrad. So I did a little bit of studying that, that, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I had a linguistics class in college and it was all about the pronunciation and the tongue and where it goes. And it was so fascinating and so detailed, but my love is all the, uh, is the the languages and cross-cultural communication mm-hmm, for sure but there's and, so much to language oh there is tell me about it i i've so i'm part of a, a bilingual toastmasters club if you're familiar with the organization toastmasters and it's i am a, it and i love i love just 
it's so much more than just practicing the speaking and the public engagement, but just getting involved with different cultures in the in a bilingual club because there's people from all over. It's Spanish and English, people from all over Latin America and different cultures and different forms of Spanish. And, you know, and I'm explaining them how there's kind of different forms of English. It's just been a great, great experience. So I could see why that's something that you're interested in. Has that always been something that was important to you? It is, but hang on. I've, I've, I know Toastmasters where you can go and you can learn to speak. So I've never heard of a bilingual one. And yeah. so is that people can present in either Spanish or English and everybody's bilingual in the group? Well, not everyone's not fully bilingual. Most of the people there are looking to either improve their Spanish or their English, or in some cases, both. And the every every meeting has one Spanish speech and one English speech with that with with little exception and and we do evaluations in both we do if you're familiar with the table topics process at the end you can answer in English or Spanish and really the idea is to to use the language that you're that you're least comfortable with and then help the other people on the other side so I'm constantly helping people with their English and they're helping me call me Espanol all the time and it's great it's it's a great experience Oh my gosh. I got to see if they have one of those up here in Boston. I would love that. Yeah. Well, Spanish is virtual. Oh, is it really? Well, okay. we were, we were in Miramar, which is a town not too far from Fort Lauderdale, Western area where I live down here. And then the pandemic came and we started advertising it as virtual and we got people from all over the place. Now we got people from New York and Canada and I mean, other parts of the U S and other, we even have people from Europe. And it's been a really, really cool thing because now we're really expanding that culture. And Spanish is a language that a lot of people are trying to learn. English too, but but for sure, <laughs> the draw, yeah. So you're welcome. Well, we talk offline. I'll send you the link, but we meet on Wednesday Please morning. send me the link. And you're going to have to put the link in the show notes too in case it yeah. caught anybody else's attention. So Anyone thanks who for wants sharing to that. Yeah, it's cool. Yes. So, so language is a, is a great connector in, in our world. And it's not, and it's not yes. specifically just so you can talk. It's so that you can understand culture. And I think that's fascinating about what you're doing. So maybe you can tell me a little yeah. bit more about a, a, what I was saying, how that, why that began to interest you. And then also how you're using that in your professional life. Well, I lived in Mexico, Taiwan and the Philippines when I was a child. And when I lived in Mexico, I went to a school that I spent half the day learning the subjects in English and half in Spanish. And so, um, you know, in my brain at that age, I didn't, you know, I could separate it, but it also I could learn it very quickly because um, of how old I was. When you're younger, it's easier mm -hmm. to acquire a language because your brain is programmed that way. When you start getting to middle school or high school, it's more of a memorization thing, which your brain is still really good at. Um, and then later on at this age, it's much harder to learn because your, your brain has developed uh, more executive functioning and processing skills, but not as much the memory. So, but anyway, besides all that, um, I fell in love with language and culture from living internationally. When we lived in Taiwan, my dad was in international agriculture. That's what brought us along. And in Taiwan, we lived in a small farming town that had never seen blonde haired children. They had no exposure to TV or outside. There was no electricity electricity, no running water. And so they were putting in a new agriculture research center there. So I learned a lot of things about 
communicating across cultures um, without speaking the language um, because mm -hmm. I wanted to have playmates and friends. <laughs> so I've always had this fascination with it and how people can connect across language. And I think that clear communication can avoid a lot of issues and problems. So 17 and a half years ago, I was looking for my next step and came across this little translation company for sale. And this was before Google Translate had come in. Um, and I was fascinated by it. So and the woman that owned the company was looking, you know, she was just interested in doing something else. So I ended up uh, acquiring it and then building it. Um, and it's it's been such a fun journey because I've seen, you know, first people, when I was out networking, people would ask, you know, translation, who needs translation? Then it became, oh, isn't Google Translate going to put you out of business? And then it became... I need that kind of translation where you take into account the cultural and you know the cultural aspects of the language and make sure the message gets across and I'm like yeah cultural adaptation that's what we've done all along is high quality communications to help you increase sales or avoid liability mm -hmm. um, and I see a place for Google Translate. I mean, it's raised the visibility of the language industry and there's a lot of good uses for it. So that's my fascination. <laughs> yeah, awesome. You, know, you never know how you get into a business. And then it sounds to me like it was just really good timing for, for the person to get out and you to jump in. And it kind of was right in your wheelhouse with what uh, with what interests you. And so so you grow, so you spent time in three different countries when when you were a kid. Uh, four if you count the United States, yeah. but yes. <laughs> yeah, four four non-US international, I guess if you want to call it just countries. Oh, that's that's fascinating. Well, my wife and I love to travel. So I love experiencing different cultures, but you really did growing up. We have nieces and nephews and brother and sister-in-law that live in in Shanghai, China, actually. And so oh, we've nice. been over there to visit a couple of times and you know, they're growing up in a in a much different culture. And it's it's fascinating how different cultures in different parts of the world see things completely differently. And I oh, can yeah. see where it's like I said earlier, I kind of alluded to it. The It's not just the, the word, the different words that you use and the different conjunctions and, and if they even have a conjunction in language, but the, the tenses, uh, conjugation, all those things. But it's the culture. It's the way it, it, it's much different for you to say. You could literally translate something. And speaking of my bilingual Toastmasters call, this comes up all the time. We're with either the word of the day or something we're trying to translate literally, and it means something completely different in a different language. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 And so there's, uh, you know, I always love the direct translations of things here. We, um, talk about getting you know when you get um chicken bumps what are they called uh pox. goosebumps oh, goosebumps goosebumps yep. in italy they call them chicken skin you know so unless yeah. you know what it means it would be hard to translate and then just looking at, at body language i was just uh writing something about the yes no conundrum whereas in the united states we're we're direct communicators where if you say yes you mean yes and you'd say no if you mean no but there's some countries that to save face they may not want to say no directly so there's a yes yes a yes maybe and a yes no and mm -hmm. so you know when we're writing and talking with people that are doing business overseas, how do you ask open-ended questions rather than yes, no questions to get the information that you really need? Mm -hmm. So there's lots and lots of subtleties that are there. Another one that's interesting is you know how when you'd wave somebody in the United States to come over, 
you put your palm up and you have your fingers go towards you. Mm -hmm. That's a rude gesture in a lot of Asian countries. So you have to flip your palm upside down and like scooch your fingers like they'd be scooching along the table and that's come here. Mm -hmm. So it's still funny because my mom now will be like, which which is the appropriate way in the United States, you know, because she. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Yeah, uh -huh. I, I've experienced that. Like I told you, the family living over over in China. It's interesting that yes. you say that. Um, so when when you talk about companies, businesses being culturally, linguistically aware, I guess, do you find that that's a big need for for organizations to? Be, I mean, are they increasing their business? Is it more just courtesy, or is it? Is there bottom line statistics that prove this is important? I mean, what basically I'm asking you to sell your services. How, how are you helping organizations be better at what they do? Okay, well, let me answer the first question as to why bother. I mean, communicating across languages and cultures can be really hard and really difficult. Mm -hmm. But all the research that comes out of the State Department and McKinsey has done some study, uh, no, CSA, Common Sense Advisory, which is a... Um, uh, a think tank that does research on the language industry. Um, Harvard Business Review has is, is, uh, done articles about what exporting or multilingual marketing can do. And they find that companies that export have on average 20% higher revenues. They've got higher net profits. They're more stable because this one country may be having troubles or economic mm -hmm. you know, slowdowns. Other countries can be going up. Um, they pay higher wages and they have the tendency to last longer because of all, you know, the statistics about doing better. So um, companies that export do better. And now you think, well, of course, the large companies are going to do it because they've got the money to do it or they want to do the reach. But 98% of the companies that export are small and mid-sized businesses. And the beautiful thing is, if you own a small or mid-sized business, the federal and state governments have free supports to help you because our balance of trade is so far off that they try to... Um, make introductions, um, add strategic consulting, and they even offer grants that you can get to do translation mm -hmm. or website optimization. So if you go to our website, I'll give you the link, you know, rapport translations and just search for step grants, you can find the direct contact at each of the states who will help you get grants and they have money. I mean, they don't advertise this because they don't have a budget for it. They're the federal government. So that's why I'm out here talking about it, going, if you want money, it's 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 accessible. Mm -hmm. So so it is if you're listening to this and you want you to create your company to have a lasting legacy and perform better, start doing international trade. Now, with that said, you don't have, even have to leave the borders of the United States to increase your market. We were talking about Spanish. You live in South Florida. There's a huge Spanish population there, as is there, it, it, as in a lot of states there is. The United States has the second largest Spanish-speaking uh, population in a country in the world. Wow. So Mexico has the, the most Spanish speakers. U.S. has the second, and then you think about all the other countries, Spain and Nicaragua, Colombia and Argentina. Mm -hmm. So right here in the United States, if you have something that can be sold to Spanish speakers, pop up a little landing page on your website, hang a sign in your window and, and offer services in that language, and you've got the 
potential to increase your business dramatically just because you're saying, hey, we welcome you here. Mm-hmm. So now with that said, what we do is we help companies do that. We give them introductions to get the step grant. I wrote the book, The Global, uh, the Language of Global Marketing. I host a podcast called the, um, the Global Marketing Show. You can find it on any place you listen to podcasts where I'm talking to exporters who are sharing their experiences so you can learn from them. And the reason we do all this is because the potential is there. And then we can help you by talking to you about how you do multilingual marketing, how you handle your contracts, how you handle conversations. If you have Zoom calls and you want to have somebody help facilitate the the conversation, Um, any of the things along the buyer's journey that uh, you would need to have for translation, we can tell you whether to use Google Translate or whether to use high quality. And then we can provide the high quality. Fascinating. Fascinating. So that was a lot of information there. <laughs> no, that was. But check out the, the global marketing, the book, check out the podcast, all that stuff for information on it. Uh, you mentioned something, you used the word legacy, and obviously my mind perked up because that's what we're all about here. Uh, so, so what did you mean by that when uh, increase your legacy for a company globally? So the stronger you can build a company, the more likelihood it's going to Uh, continue on after the leader steps aside. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that affect that. And one is certainly size, because when you get to a certain size, the leader can't do any everything anymore. They have to set up processes and systems. So if you read books like Traction or Scaling Up, they're all about how do you put processes and systems, people in the right seats at the right time, um, in the right place, And then how do you build that? So if you're scaling internationally, the owner can't do it all because they don't speak all the languages. So so if you can put the process and systems in place, you can grow it internationally. Um, You've got a higher likelihood of building a company that either you can have a, you know, it's you're building a legacy. You were the founder Mm -hmm. of the original company that then got sold. It got invested in and expanded. Um, It was acquired or you have your kids take over, but it's something that lasts that Mm -hmm. you can be proud of and look at. So Mm -hmm. I, I definitely say you're going to build a more stable company by going international. And a more stable company means building a legacy. Yeah, love it, love it. And so on Modern Legacies, we we always like to ask the question, what does a legacy mean to you? So I appreciate you answering that. And we also like to think about it in a modern way. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, when we think the word legacy, we think thousands of years old and tradition and things that, you know, don't maybe not, maybe don't apply. And while we we want to learn from, from things from the past and understand lessons that others that came before us have have brought to light, but we want to do it in a super modern way. And I think the modern world really is about communicating across lines. I mean, look at the, you're in Boston, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. We could easily, it almost feels like we're in the next room. And in 10 minutes, I could be on a, not even in 30 seconds, I could be on a Zoom call with someone on the other side of the world. So I think, oh, yeah. I, I, I would think that what you're doing really, it does fit in very well with, with the modern aspect of the legacies that we're trying to build here. So I, I really appreciate that. Are there any, what's, what's Oh, it's your... absolutely modern. Cause mm-hmm. if I just look at the last 17 years about, you know, since I've been looking at exporters prior to that, I mean, before there were airplanes, you had to get on a ship 
to do business internationally. And then you could start flying. But mm -hmm. United States is very uh, situational. We build situational trust, which means you have a need, I have a need, we talk together, we make a business plan and we move forward. And mo a lot, most countries in the world, you've got to meet and develop a relationship before you can move forward. And so even 17 years ago, people had to fly internationally and build those networks. Well, the last few years has changed that dramatically. I mean, you just look at what's going on with uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and meetings and global trade. It's all Zoom now because the world shut down for a couple of years and had to depend on that. So at the beginning, people were, you know, people in other countries were saying, oh, when this this COVID thing is over, you know, fly out and we'll meet. Well, I've seen that change. So it is completely modern and mm -hmm. it's changing at light speed right now. So it's such a great opportunity to jump in and get involved. Yeah, love it. And by the way, you're speaking our language now with global trade, economics, cryptocurrency. That's what we <laughs> that's what we love to talk about at Initiate Impact. Uh, Wendy, really, really appreciate everything. My last question for you is, are, what is your modern legacy? Are there causes or things that, that you really care about that, that you want to be known or recognized, remembered for? It all has to do with language. How do you connect with people across language, uh, global marketing? Um, I don't think that's a huge search term right now, but I think global marketing is huge. Mm. And with the whole opportunity to... Um, trade cross borders without having to fly around to all the countries. I mean, I can't tell you how many advertising agencies that I've talked to where they just think, well, I can only service the United States. When I start breaking down their barriers, if they read my book, they're like, oh, I really could yeah. do that. And, and people in the U.S. are so much ingrained in marketing that to bring that expertise out like HubSpot did mm -hmm. um, and is doing and in that community that they're building, I think it's huge. Awesome. I really appreciate the, the conversation, Wendy. Uh, what's the best place for people to get a hold of you, find your book, and, and check out the podcast? Well, the podcast is any place you listen. You can find the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble or any place you go. There's also an audio book that I recorded. <laughs> that was a lot of fun down in a little closet in my basement. Um, and then if you want to find any of my social links, we put out uh, daily posts on language and culture. You can go to Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Wendy Pease. That's W-E-N-D-Y, P as in Peter, E-A-S-E, P's like peas and carrots. Um, and you can connect with me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever, wherever your place to be. <laughs> awesome. So you got a link tree. Uh, they can also check out rapporttranslations.com. Uh, you're all over the internet, Wendy, like a good global marketer would be. So I, I commend you for that. Thanks for coming on the Modern Legacy Show. Wendy Pease, have a great day. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Hey, it's Bob DePasquale again of Initiate Impact. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Modern Legacies podcast. If you're a purpose-driven entrepreneur and you want to be on the show, please visit our site at initiateimpact.com slash apply, and we want to get you on the show. And if you got something out of the interview, would you share it out on the socials? We really want to spread our message to as many people as possible. And if you just take a quick screenshot or you send out a message to a friend of yours with the hashtag modern legacies we would really appreciate it 
Now we're regularly putting out new episodes and content. So if you want to make sure that you don't miss anything, you can subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews also will do a lot to help us spread the great message. If you want to know more, go to our website, initiateimpact.com, or you can check us out on LinkedIn. We have a Facebook page, Instagram, and even Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.